Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together podcast. And today we will be having our first interview. Woohoo! I know it, so it went really well. Before we begin, let's make sure everybody's connecting with us on Facebook at Homeschool Together podcast group and on Instagram at Homeschool Together podcast. And also make sure if you could, if you could, please, if you like us, if you like us, please leave us a review on iTunes. It'd be really helpful. We'd love it. Before we want to jump into the interview really terrific interview with uh hope helms who is a teacher at a a forest school actually a farm school farm preschool which is really cool and she had so much interesting information to share with us yeah i loved it but you know before we we get into this we've got a there's a situation there's a situation on the ground in germany yes according to our download numbers something happened right we don't know what it is we went from zero to like 14 german downloads in different different areas of the country yes we're, we're big we're, I, some would say we're kind of david hasselhoff big in germany <laughs> like we're big so well, what do we want to say oh guten, guten tag. tag so thank you join our facebook group say hello reach out to us we want to talk to you guys and yeah let us know did we get like shared around in some sort of group within germany because yeah, we don't know for if, if you guys are germans or if you're americans on military bases we don't know i don't know it's all over the country it was like we exploded in germany so yeah so thank you all say hello come over to the group and say hi but yes back to hope hope helms she was amazing um, yeah what a great interview we just love talking to her and this is our first interview we're hoping that periodically throughout the podcast we're going to bring on folks that we really want to learn from and she mm-hmm. had so much interesting information to share about both the four school you know the outdoor nature model uh, for preschool and a, a lot about uh, preschool learning in general it was just a fascinating interview yeah i think the outdoor stuff you know with a lot of us homeschoolers um you know with everything kind of shut down and we're kind of doing you know you always like to say isolation school we can't go right. and do all of our extra activities that we like normally like to do dance classes shut down gymnastics is shut down everything is shut down right now Listening to her talk about the importance of getting outside. You know, we all have backyards. We all have nearby parks. We can all go well, yeah. outside Yeah, there's somewhere. Walks. Even if you don't have a backyard, there's a there's a, a park or some sort of green space we can use. And well, she made that really accessible. Yeah, I think, I think you know, the biggest takeaway for me is getting outside. And I I loved her, the idea of how she kicks them out of the house early in the morning. <laughs> I, I, the, it, 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 I think I'm going to start to incorporate this. And I hopefully people who are listening, maybe you enjoy, you know, you enjoy this podcast with her. You know, the big takeaway for me has been just get these kids outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, you know, when the smoke goes away here in Washington, you know. Right. We were all kind of locked in our houses right now, which was unfortunate to be talking with her tonight when we actually can't go outside. 2020 just keeps giving. Oh, boy. It just won't stop giving. These forest fires. I'm done with the giving. I wanted to stop. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I totally agree. It was really interesting, though, to to talk with her and and learn from her. I, I think that 
we learned some great things we'll incorporate and there'll be links to to uh hope school and uh, four school models and things in the show notes so let's without further right ado let's, let's, let's get to it hope helms welcome to homeschool together podcast interview yep. guinea pig edition oh yeah i'm calling this <laughs> guinea pig edition yes that's what we were joking about you're gonna we have hope helms from the urban eden farm school in spokane washington well, thank you very much for joining us, Hope. We appreciate it. Yes, it's good to be here. So we're going to just start off and, you know, I'm going to have you do my job and tell us <laughs> about you and your program and, you know, what you guys are doing out there in Spokane. All right. Well, um, I'm Hope and I teach at Urban Eden Farm School. So what it is, is it's a farm school on a vegetable farm in Spokane, where it's a nice, big, expansive land in Spokane where there's a farm. And they've been so gracious to share their land with us to build a little outdoor school. And so we are there two days a week for three hours a day. And it's just a play-based preschool program. And it's we, we run based off of the forest kindergarten model. So basically a forest school, but it takes place on a farm. So how, how big is this farm? Is it like a couple hundred acres or is it a little bit smaller? It's a little bit smaller than that. I'm not sure the exact size of the farm, but we have about an acre just for the school. That's awesome. And like, do they do, are they a market a farm or are they doing like kind of a CSA model? Is it what? The, Matt, yeah. the former farmer, it's very, you know, oh. I, I'm going to preface, we, we used oh, to have no. a farm. Yeah, we used to have a, a small farm and a hobby farm. And so this might become the farm podcast. So oh no. Well then I'm, then I'm the wrong guest because I just know about the kids. Um, yeah, so they do CSA. That's actually how my co-teacher got connected with the farm is because she was a CSA member with them originally. And um, when she started looking for spaces, she knew the the manager of the farm and connected with her and she, they were happy to have us. Are the are the kids actually working on the farm? Do they get, but not, not uh, in a bad way. Or do they actually get to go out into the farm and kind of play around in the crops and they you know, do. do little fun things? They do. So we're cooperative with the farm. Um, the farm manager is lovely and just a gift to this earth. And she takes time out of her day to spend with the children um, when they are during their season. So our, our farm school runs regular school years. So we go through from September through the end of May. And um, the so the farm's not active like during the winter and things like Obviously, there's no one there. But when the farm is growing and harvesting, they do interact with the children. So they'll have little jobs for them to do um, here and there on the farm. And it's really fun for them to explore and, you know, pick cherry tomatoes and, and help with some of the planting and things like that. Wow, that's great. So you said that the uh, this is a four school model on a farm. Can you talk to us more about what what is the what is the four school model? What's what's that method based in? Um, so the forest school model is kind of based on walled kindergartens. What the forest school model is, is that it's it's all about giving children the space in nature to explore with all of their senses and to kind of learn and ex by experiencing the rhythms of nature throughout the seasons. And it's based off of nature immersion. So typically these schools are all outdoor. Like we do not have an indoor space at all for the oh, children. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. This is an all, all weather. <laughs> all weather, all season, all weather, all outdoor. And so that's the forest kindergarten model. It's nature immersion and it's play-based and um, just kind of going through, you know, following the children's lead with learning throughout the, the seasons in one space, in one place. So it's a lot of place-based learning and a lot, a lot, a lot of nature play. That's amazing. So the kids actually get to see the, you know, all the seasons as they, you know, they cycle through, they actually get to experience that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. In one piece of land that they, that they've learned to love, that they take ownership of because it's, you know, they're building structures for themselves. And I mean, we've had kids put up rope swings and we have a zip line there and we're always adding things to the space. And so just going through the year with them, on this beautiful little chunk of land that we've kind of carved out. So much learning happens just by doing that. You know, we, you know, we'll link in the show notes, you know, links to your, I think you have a Facebook page, a website, and there's a really great video that I think you shared with Ariel. Yeah. That video was awesome. Um, we, we saw the video, you know, could you just walk around? So you said you had about an acre that's devoted to the kids. You know, what type of facilities are there? I, we saw ropes. We saw. It was like climbing. Paths. I mean, <laughs> we have a 15 month old who would be like down for yeah, this. In a couple oh, years. <laughs> I know. It's so much fun. So we, uh, we started out with just a, an unused piece of land that was um, previously used by the old farm's owner to just kind of dump stuff back there. So the first thing we did was we had to kind of clean out this this piece of land. And then we we put in a mud kitchen. So we dug up a, a an area for digging. And we put in, you know, my husband actually likes to build. And so he built us a mud kitchen. And we have um, tables that we built with tree stumps. And we have a big circle for stumps as well. And uh, we do have a little bit of a shelter, just like a lean-to roof out there. So just in case we need to keep things dry, we have, do have a small space, but no walls, just kind of a roof. And then beyond that, it's really just the land. There's trees. We have a, a small climbing structure that we built that has a zip line going down off of it. And then there's lots of different paths. Um, we have a couple of secret hideouts that we didn't even have to build. They just came on the land already because the children have found them in bushes and things like that. So we really rely on the landscape and the land for, for everything. Well, sounds like there's just so much exploration happening yeah. every day. How, how much um, preparation, like maybe we can get into what like a day looks like. You said it's about three hours a day, twice a week, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does a day look like to you guys? You know, what, what does a student see on a day-to-day basis? And then how much planning and structure do you guys put into your, it's two-parter maybe, how much structure you guys put into your, you know, what you guys do on a week to week basis for the kids? Yeah, that's a great question. So our program is not an academic program. And we'll tell you when you come to our tour, (laughs) that we are not, we we're not focused on academics at all. The only time that we kind of go into academic things is when it comes up organically through the play, but we're not sitting down for letter lessons or anything like that. That's not what we're doing. Um, So the rhythm of our day is the children come, they get dropped off by their parents, and we have a meeting location, and that we sign in and, you know, have our morning greeting, and then we kind of walk back to our farm school space. Then the first hour of the day is just reserved for play. And sometimes it's a little bit longer than that. Um, depending on if the children are really engaged, we try to give them freedom within those times to, to follow through with their play. 
sometimes it can take early learners, and these are three to six-year-olds um, in our program, sometimes it can take them up to 20 minutes to even choose something to do, to even find someone to play with and actually get invested in that play. So we find that by giving them a big chunk, you know, as much time as we can, just devoted to letting them play with each other and interact and explore, they can really get deeply into play. Then we meet for a circle time meeting where we'll do songs and stories and we'll discuss, you know, any, any changes that are happening with the land, anything that we've noticed in nature. And then we have a, a family style snack. So we come to the tables and we serve a little warm, usually warm snack because <laughs> it's often cold. And, <laughs> and then um, we, for the last part of the day, that's when we'll do our interaction with the farm if there's anything to be done in that department. Uh, so if there's any projects or specific things that the farm has for us to do or anything new for us to explore, or we'll use that time to take a walk. There are a couple other cool areas on this land that we kind of go explore. There's a really fun creek that we like to go dive in and jump in and splash in every <laughs> once in a while. So weather permitting. So we have a little bit of an adventure time uh, that last bit of the day. And then we meet again in a group and sing a goodbye song. Wow. That, that sounds really great. Yeah, that sounds really great. <laughs> so... Um, so you mentioned that lots of homeschooling families do choose to send their their kids to to your farm school. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the real advantages to to this method of a, of a preschool as opposed to you know the normal uh, go to a building and do numbers and letters and you know we we even do Montessori with our child, but mm -hmm. this is just such a, a dynamic difference. Yeah, what do you think is is the main draw for homeschooling families and others? What do you see as an advantage to this type of preschool over something that's, you know, atypical? Right. Well, honestly, there's there there are logistical reasons why we have seen a lot of interest from homeschooling families. And one of those is a little bit unfortunate. Unfortunately, because we're all outdoor, we only run for three hours a day. So that eliminates a lot of families that might be interested in a nature program because we're from nine to noon. And so we, it, we kind of only, our, our program can only s serve families who kind of have a parent available. So that is part of the reason why we do see a lot of interest from homeschool families. But I think the fact that we're not an academic program, that we focus on the social emotional learning, we focus on giving a really nurturing environment for kids to explore together and to build those attachments with each other and with us. Um, that's kind of where our focus is. And I think it makes it really easy for homeschooling families to add a program like ours onto what they're already doing at home. Because it doesn't, it's not in conflict with any approach that they've chosen for their family. Um, Ariel said that you have a, a long background in education, preschool mm -hmm. and education. Is there something about forest schools that drew you to a forest school? Is there something that you see that's maybe a different experience that maybe, you know, is beneficial? Is there a reason why you, you like the forest school? You're, you talk you talk about it very passionately. So, you know, what is that thing if, if it is? Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of things. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I 
you know, I've, I've worked with young children in many different ways for my whole life, um, with preschool-aged children specifically. And I did spend some time in a school district program, and I was really um, disheartened by sitting kids at a desk in a hallway and doing assessments, <laughs> seeing how many straight lines they could cut with scissors. It didn't fit with uh, what I saw when I saw children the most alive and the most passion, passionate, right? And I think that that's when learning happens. I think nature is a really excellent tool for learning. I think it's the just in, intrinsic in nature. There are so many things. I mean, even physical development. I mean, the benefits of, of children having lots of experience walking across uneven terrain is just huge. And so I've always felt really pulled toward kind of child-led learning. Um, but to see it in action outside on the farm, it just, it brings so many pieces together. It's really a whole child experience, what they're able to, to learn and accomplish based off of what they're interested in doing in those moments. Do you have a lot of students that come through? Maybe actually, maybe my question might be, um, you know, how many students do you have? And you said you have a partner there that you're working with. So it's two of you. And how many kids do you have? Ten. Ten. Wow. That's, that's mm-hmm. small. That's yeah. That's a, that's a lot of, yeah. it's a really a lot of personal group. interaction. Do you yeah. see any like um, specific growth that maybe happened? Like maybe you get a kid who comes in from say another preschool. What type of changes do you see with the kids as they go through, you know, a whole year and maybe two years with mm. you guys? So the biggest thing that I notice that I can see the most clearly is confidence. Um, a lot of times we'll get kids who will come the first few weeks and they'll be nervous about, you know, a, a hill or little, you know, different kinds of things or a few raindrops, right? And they'll start to just kind of get nervous about those things. And within, uh, you know, a couple of months of just being out there consistently and and also being with adults who are modeling oh yeah you know yep it's raining this is what we're doing anyway and you know I think it really it really really will build confidence with with these guys where they just they have got it you know after a few that that resilience piece I think is just really key do the um, parents come back to you and say they're seeing those type of changes, you know, if, if they are doing homeschooling or if they're just doing, you know, some type of home-based education before they go on to regular school, are the parents saying they're seeing development changes and, and improvements? Yes. Yeah, we do get that feedback quite a bit. Uh, and, and, and a lot of it, too, is because I, I think is because we put it on the kids, you know. Sure, you, you, you get to decide what you want to do. What do you what? what feels like, what do you want to do? What do you want to explore today? Oh, you want to dig a hole? Sure. Here's a, here's a shovel, you know, like, and, and, and a lot of kids haven't been in a, haven't been given the the space to direct their choices in that way. And I think it really builds that confidence piece and that resilience. Is there a little bit of like, I know there's a kind of a, um, uh, there's a term kind of in the homeschooling uh, environment called de-schooling where kids kind of have to just kind of like calm down for a little bit before you start homeschooling again. Um, do you see kids, you know, it takes them a little while to get into this type of environment. And then once they're in it, they understand like this radical freedom that you're talking about. 
does it take a is there a little bit of learning curve for them to get yeah f- yeah for some kids definitely and that depends on you know the culture of a family and and what how how close it is but there we certainly get children who come through our program who who will check at you know they're they're always side eyeing us like is this cool you're you're sure I could use I can use the hammer yeah like this is fine you know and they're just kind of watching for us and and yeah that that does happen but just like everything you know we have we also teach safety and we teach children to kind of measure their own risks and be able to to manage that and so those those things take time but we definitely see that. I'm sure with them doing so many building projects and things, they're learning quite a few practical skills as well in this type of environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have a woodworking s- station. So we have child site. They're real tools, but they're small. We have hammers and, and nails, and we do bring tools, um, drills and things like that, which they, you know, use with a teacher right there, sure. <laughs> but they wear, they wear safety. They wear, we have safety goggles for them and, and things like that, but we do, we don't have toys at the at the farm. We really don't have traditional toys. Um, okay. We have tools that they can use, and we we get real tools for them. And then we also introduce different kinds of loose parts, and um, we we will set up provocations for them. So we will do, incorporate art projects, but the children always have the option of whether or not to partake in those things. Nothing is okay. required. How, how much does biology play into what you guys do? Do you do you do a lot of like, you know, go find frogs and bugs and birds and things of that nature? Well, yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> that's the best part about being outside, right? Yeah. Um, we've found lots of dead animals. <laughs> <laughs> so we learn a lot about biology, right? We, you know, yeah. we find birds and we bury them and we found we found lizards and we see snakes and tons of bugs and we're, we 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 are so fortunate we're in the most awesome spot for bird watching. Um, we have osprey that come and nest in our trees and we, we see bald eagles flying by. We have binoculars for the children, binoculars and magnifying glasses for the children and field guides for the kids to look at. Um, so yeah, we incorporate that. I mean, we don't have scheduled lessons about those things, but when they come up, man, we dive in. Yeah. But even at this age group, you don't need to have lessons, but you know, yeah. so what I'm trying to say is I challenge you on your not academic, you know, right. right. <laughs> so I, I, I think yeah. it's very academic in a lot of respects. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I'm, um, I'm wondering, you know, yeah. for, for those folks that don't have access to a forest or farm school close by or who want to bring this back to their own homes. I'm, I'm just thinking like, which of these things could we do even in our own backyard? What what do you recommend to parents to do in, in the time when they're not at the the forest school with their kids to kind of continue in this model of exploration and learning? I really think that one of the best things that we can do is encourage and model and let our kids go outside in all different kinds of weather. I think that uh, we grownups tend to be a hindrance in that way, and I'm guilty of it too. I think we're all guilty of it. To me, what I see is that the kids don't have the bad attitude about the rain clouds, right? It's kind of the the grown ups that are like, oh well, we can't go outside to, you know, we don't because it can be challenging. But I think you're starting to hurt my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, my problem is they don't make it. We can't go outside. They don't make an adult size tuffo. That's my problem. Oh, I know. Oh, if you knew how much. 
how much rain gear I've invested in for myself. It's, <laughs> it's out of control. But I really think that just making that a priority um, can, can, and that's, and that's a goal I have for myself too, as a mom, I'm not, I am guilty of that as well. Sometimes it's easier to just stay inside, but the more that you can and just make it part of your routine to just spend real time outdoors and free if you have a space that you can let them play and let give them some materials where they can create give them some wood let them build something you know the more that they can invest in their outdoor space themselves the more they can add to it and play with with the actual environment i think the more success you're going to have getting those kind of extended times spent outside you know, I absolutely agree. You know, with the girls, a lot of times, you know, after lunch, we'll go outside and play a little bit. And mm-hmm. I noticed that, you know, we're talking max naps for both the kids. Well, after. yeah, they got mm-hmm. the moles like dug up our backyard yeah. last week. And so rather than get super upset, we walked outside and the girls were like, we want to build mole dirt pyramids. And we were like, <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, they came in so filthy, but so happy. Yeah. yeah I, I, I do notice being outside, they do just to have that kind of fulfillment there. They do. We, we've had the smoke in our area here and we haven't been able to go outside this last few days and they've really just been like caged animals. Yes. They have been mm-hmm. out of control for the last few days. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for people in like their backyard, how they can build sort of like a small play space outside? Is there like some best practices or is it really just, you know, just let them go outside? Just let them go outside. You know, if you can, if, my husband and I talk about this a lot because I have this I have this vision in my head that my backyard will just be a builder's pair. Like I just kind of want it to look like a junkyard out there. <laughs> and he, he likes more of a manicured lawn. And so we're always, you know, going back and forth about that. But to me, I think if there's a place where you can dig up some dirt and have a place for digging and a place where nobody's going to be reprimanded if they dig a hole. You know, what a great opportunity for for finding worms and for experiencing. I mean, there's wildlife in your lawn that you probably <laughs> don't even think about, right? And our, and our 15-month-old has pointed that out a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and wood, wood, give them wood, let them build, let them stack. I mean, so many things can become toys um when they're just open-ended materials you hand to your kids, you'd be surprised what they come up with. I mean, like you said, mole hill pyramids, right? I mean, that's very creative. Can you talk a little bit about the the charity or the non-for-profit that you guys have partnered with and kind of what is their mission? Yeah. So Greenplay Northwest was um, has schools in Maple Valley and Enumclaw, and we are their first school in Spokane. So they they have other nature programs uh, on the west side of the state of Washington. And they, their, their mission, our mission, excuse me, I'm part of (laughs) our mission is just, is just getting children deeply connected with nature and being environmental stewards and offering safe, protected, but free places where children can, can play interrupted in nature and have those experiences. Do they wrap in like a curriculum and or ideas? They give you design ideas on how to set up the school. How much guidance did they give you? Uh, none. Okay. <laughs> no, we had. I, I mean, they had. They had other schools that we, you know, had seen. Um, my co-teacher had her son in one when he was younger, so she she knew. 
my co-teacher and I, when we were setting up the school, we had some, ex- we had some ideas and we, ha- we knew what we wanted because we had seen um, other forest schools, you know, videos of other forest schools, which are really mm-hmm. popular in Scandinavia and things like that. And so we'd watch documentaries and videos. And so that's, that's about all. Greenplay has been excellent about giving us the freedom to design our space um, because they know that each community is different and and our community might require something else. And, and that's the other cool thing about being outside. We can change it, (laughs) you know? Um, Do you guys, are you guys have any plans for the future? Do you plan to expand? Do you not maybe Greenpeace, but you guys specifically, um, do you have any, yeah. Do you guys have any like changes you want to make to the farm? What, what do you see going out in a couple of years? Well, this brings me to the heartbreaking part of the, of the story for this school year we have not opened yet um because of covid my my lovely co-teacher and friend and myself we both have young children and we weren't able to commit to being at the farm right now so we kind of had to what we did was we canceled our school year this year but we're hoping to bring something back um in a few weeks maybe but probably months um just once we figure out what we are able to offer, because this is such a crazy time. And, um, and also looking at, we're exploring options for the new needs of our community, because this is COVID has changed things for everyone. And now we have more homeschool families who are reaching out and saying, Oh, do you have anything for older children? Right. Mm -hmm. Do you, and, and so we're, we're just kind of taking our time right now to look at everything and try to figure out what we can do just for our our one little program. Now, before we had COVID on, on the table and that to contend with, we were, we were hoping to find another space. Um, We would like to do a, a forest school in a forest. We have our farm school. We'd like to do a forest school. We've had a waiting list since we opened. We have so much interest in this program. Um, if we could find another space to, to run a second program, we would absolutely do it. And I think it would be really beneficial. There's a lot of interest. A lot, a lot of families are, are really, really passionate about this. So you refer to accidental homeschoolers. Would mm-hmm. you like to talk a little bit about your home? You are now an accidental homeschooler yourself, right? I am. I am. And I'm loving it. <laughs> um, so welcome. What, what have you chosen? Yeah, thank you. What, what curriculums? Where, where are you going? Congratulations. Th- thank you so stuff. much. Welcome to the dark side. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I've always been interested in homeschooling, but I love my teaching jobs. Right. And you can't I, I couldn't quite figure out ever how to how to do both of those things because it, it's tricky. And so my I have two daughters. My oldest is in third grade and she is doing virtual online school right now. Um, so she's at home, but she's still in the public school. I also have a kindergartner this year was supposed to be her first year. She I have pulled for the entirety of the year and she I'm doing a homeschool program with. So while I have them both at home, they're kind of doing different things. Um, but I am, I'm doing Blossom and Root with my kindergartner. I've picked up the kindergarten program. I've always really liked Blossom and Root since before, because, because I'm just an early learner dweeb. And so I, I, <laughs> even before I was homeschooling, I kind of, you know, read and, and know it 
a, a couple of things. Um, and I really love blossom and root, obviously, because of those nature elements that are woven in. Um, but and because I'm not brave enough to, to do to go full unschooling, I need just a little something to lean we, on. We understand. You know, I, I'm very I'm very sympathetic to unschooling too. But you're, I, I agree. I just need that little bit of tether to you know yeah. whatever reality that I think is out there. Well, I like the framework. I love the uh, the ideas yes. and and things that I might not have come up with. And it's like you know, use some in part in whole mm. or not at all. But I, I like that there's some things there when you're not feeling super creative that day. <laughs> yeah, something to lean on if you find yourself in a slump right. too. Like I'm not I'm not married to it and if we if we go off on on our own directions and I think we likely will, um that would be great too, but it it it's nice to have the framework and and I do like that curriculum a lot. We're really enjoying it so far. We're still new into the into the journey. <laughs> So, so how has your, how has your experience uh, on the farm school influenced how you're using Blossom and Root at home? Well, I, I'm using it less than I probably would be if I didn't have the farm school experience, because I really am really passionate about doing um, child-led learning and lots of play-based stuff. And so that and seeing that in action outside on the farm has really given me this foundation that I know what it looks like when kids' wheels are turning and they're actively engaged, and especially when they're actively engaged together as a group, as a team, working toward a goal that they've just decided they wanted to do. Like they want to build a seesaw, so that's what they're going to spend the morning doing. You know, I know what that looks like, and so that's kind of what I want to see with my kids. And so I think the experience I've had on the farm makes me less likely to lean on a curriculum, but that doesn't mean that I don't want it there for my safety net anyway. <laughs> um, so how many weeks have you been doing Blossom and Root? This is my second week. Second week. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is your learner happy with it? What was she doing or he or she doing before um, you did the homeschooling? Was she just in a preschool or on the farm school with you or she was at farm school with me. So she did two years of farm school with me. I was, I was lucky enough to be able to bring her with me for two years. And in addition to that, we were, you know, incorporating all sorts of stuff. I mean, my house is filled with books and art supplies. We're just, I'm that kind of mom anyway. So she's had lots of experience with that, but yeah, she was at farm school, so she doesn't have a lot of, okay, it's time to sit down and do some copy work <laughs> experience, but she I'm, I, she loves to write, and she's really motivated to read. She just turned five, and so she, for right now, and probably because it's new, she's all about it. She wants to do all, all the letters she can. She loves everything about it for right now. So I'm working on plans for when that kind of fades. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting it to a little. <laughs> are you doing anything other than Blossom and Root or are you just doing Blossom and Root? Or are you doing like a, a you know, a reading program or a math program or anything specific there? Well, I was looking for a math program, but <laughs> I was inspired by you guys <laughs> to just bring in more games. Because listening to you guys talk about game schooling, I didn't know that was a thing. I missed game schooling somehow. And listening to you guys talk about it, it just like clicked with me because that's how she's learned. I mean, she learned her numbers from the game Sleeping Queens, the card game. 
And she loves games. I mean, she'll play Uno with me for hours and all of that stuff. And so I was like, oh, this is something. This is what I need to like Mm -hmm. fill my math void. I really think that we're going to get a lot done in that way because she she will she will game. (laughs) No, Sleeping Queens, our daughter's a shark. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever won. (laughs) No, no, no. So I got I gotta ask, do you have the special language? So we do, we do, um, uh, when we get a, he gets a, she plays a king, it's awaken my love. Yes. And then when the night comes, <laughs> I'm here to rescue you. <laughs> no, we don't do that, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole little acting element that goes with our daughter's sleeping kind of a performer. So there's, uh, you're feeling very sleepy. Yeah. Oh, with the know, sleeping potion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, do you do, so, so you've been, you've been doing games. So are you doing mm-hmm. Sleeping Queens, Uno? Are you doing anything else that you might recommend people um, to try out? Well, we have a game called Wig Out. <laughs> you guys played that? It's no. no, you know what? That's a game, right? Though, isn't it? It is a game, right? It's really, really simple. I mean, there's nothing to it. So it's, I don't know how much educational layers that goes into it, but man, do we love that game. That, that deck of cards is well loved in this house. And it's, <laughs> it's just mat, it's just fast matching. You know, it's kind of like oh. you match in piles, but you got to go speedy, speedy, speedy because the first one out of cards wins. And that one's really great. We love that. And I, I ordered out Fox, but I, we haven't opened it yet based on your guys' recommendation. So I'm pretty excited about that one. And let's see, there's one other. Oh, um, Dragonwood. Oh, oh yes. Dragonwood's a good one. Don't, yes. You know the backstory. Like Ariel, you know the backstory to that? Was that the uh, dad? Yeah, that was really cool. So a dad just created this game. So if you're playing something, you're like, I should create my own game. A, a dad <laughs> created the, the game of Dragonwood and sent it into GameRite. And they made a whole game. And now they have a sequel called uh, Dragon Realm. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, we, we, we really just came out Dragon last year. Yeah. GameRite does that with actually a few of their games. Sleeping Queens was developed by, I think, like a seven or eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah I had read that. Ago. I remember reading that. That's so cool. Yeah, we really like Dragonwood. And I I think I do it a little bit more simple for my five-year-old. We're kind of getting towards the end here of, mm-hmm. of the interview. Is there anything you'd like to share, you know, that maybe we missed with listeners? So when we're talking about children being spending time outdoors in all weather, um, I think it's just really valuable for the piece of of building that resilience. And there's a there's this awesome quote that I love by a woman named Nicolette Souder, and it goes like this. Encouraging a child to go outside in all weather builds resilience, but more importantly, it saves them from spending their life merely tolerating the bad days in favor of a handful of good ones. A life of endless expectations and conditions where happiness hinges on sunshine. Well, thank you so much, Hope, for being on our show today and for being our guinea pig interview. We really appreciate (laughs) your willingness to play with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys for all your work. You've been so helpful. Uh, Your podcast has really helped me get through this, this first little homeschooling bump of mine. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!